Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. And we have a special edition today because there's something that has eaten at me for years. It's people who go to fill a drug prescription that they need for their health, well-being, and they abandon it when they find out how much it is to great consequence to potentially their health or their lives. So I'm really excited today to get a chance to talk with Mark Cuban, a guy who very young, became very, very wealthy, has stayed very entrepreneurial. You may know him from Shark Tank, where he has been on that show hearing entrepreneur's stories. He's invested in a couple hundred companies, I guess it is, from Shark Tank presentations. And he owns the Dallas Mavericks and has been in one of those victory parades with his team winning the NBA championship. Mark Cuban has decided to take on the pharmaceutical industry and do something about the high prices. And so it's such a pleasure to hear from Mark how he decided with no experience in the pharmaceutical industry to tackle this industry and what he hopes to accomplish for your wallet and my wallet. So here's my interview with Mark Cuban. Mark, it's so exciting to visit with you again. And I must tell you, last year when I read a story in the Dallas Morning News that you had this idea that you were from scratch going to build a pharmaceutical manufacturing plant and take on some of these huge pharmaceutical companies around the world and do something about ultra-high prescription prices. I was like, okay, it always takes an outsider to disrupt an industry. And now you've developed so much further with your business plan and business model this is really exciting stuff you're up to. Yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. It's called costplusdrugs.com. And the official name is the Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company. And the idea is very simple proposition. We want to be the low-cost provider of medications to patients in the United States, period, end of story. And so you will both sell drugs that you manufacture in your own plant. And right. you'll sell third-party. You'll, you'll buy right. from wholesalers. Or manufacturers. Manufacturers, and you'll sell drugs. And the idea is whatever people are buying, you're following the Costco wholesale model. It's going to be just a set maximum markup. What is that? So whatever we pay, we mark it up 15%. Plus there's a $3 pharmacy fill through our pharmacy partner, True Pill, and $5 for shipping. That's it. And unlike Costco, there's no membership fee. (laughs) And I've done the registration. It takes about... Oh, to go through the whole process, about seven or eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, because we got to know, you know, any issues for medication, complications and all that, and what medication you're going to need. And, you know, we provide that to our pharmacy partner and we try to get you that low cost. Do we save you any money, I guess, is the question I should be asking. Well, you know, here's the thing. 
I take a lot of different medicines because I haven't taken as good a care of myself as you've taken care of I know of that feeling. <laughs> so it varies from med to med, the savings I'm getting. But I wanted to go back to the whole start of this idea because, I mean, sure. this is really gutsy for you to take on these massive companies. We're not just talking about the pharmaceutical manufacturers. Right. We're talking about you taking on huge enterprises like CVS and taking on the other behemoths of healthcare, taking on yep. one of the most controversial parts of medicine, the PBMs, the pharmacy benefits managers. So where did this idea come from? What was it? Was it you hearing a story from a friend or family member about getting ripped off on a prescription? What was no. it that got you into this? Actually, it was a cold email from my now partner, Dr. Alex Oshmyansky. And, you know, Alex is just a rocket scientist. He is a radiologist. He is a pharmacist. And he's a programmer. He's a mathematician. I mean, the guy makes me feel stupid every single day. He's just brilliant. And he emailed me, and he was starting a compounding pharmacy with the idea of being able to manufacture drugs for individual patients at a lower cost. And that got my interest. And that led to a conversation that basically I asked the question, if the pharma bro can jack up prices 7,500%, can we cut prices just as significantly? And his answer was yes, but here are the hurdles. And that was almost four years ago. So we decided to create this cost plus drugs pharmacy. And I added my name to it so that people knew that I was investing money behind it and that we were serious and it could be trusted. It's the only company I've ever put my name on. And so we started going out to all the different manufacturers and wholesalers and distributors and letting them know what we were going to do and filling out all the paperwork and the licenses and all the registrations on a state-by-state basis, um, federal basis. And that process took us four years and we launched on January 19th, 2022. You go to one of the big pharmaceutical manufacturers. How do you know they're not discriminating against you, giving you a higher price than they might give CVS or Walgreens or a PBM that you're going to be competing with, how you know the cost plus the 15. It, it's really easy for us. We just take the price that they're giving us. We add the 15 percent plus the three dollar fill and the five dollar shipping, and just ask the question: Is it lower than the prices available at, through other sources? And 99 percent of the time, not only is it lower, but we're less than the copay from your insurance company. And so thank you for mentioning that because. You're not taking insurance, which is a very interesting no. part of your business model. Yeah, because when, if you take insurance in the traditional sense, right, in the way that insurance companies want to work with companies like ours, that just adds to the expense. And if we're going to be the low-cost providers, we have to keep all of our costs low. There's not a lot of bells and whistles. You know, we're not bringing in some world-famous doctor to, to do a stream or, you know, a blog post or whatever it may be. We're doing everything possible to keep our prices low because in my mind, the most discouraging thing and one of the worst, most outrageous things that happen in this country is that people have to choose between rent, food, and medication. That just should not be the case. So we think people are more than happy to give up some bells and whistles to get the lowest price. Now, that's not to say we won't work with insurance companies. There are insurance companies that are not part of the big three or four that want to get lower prices for their customers. And as we build out our own PBM, and we'll do business completely different than the incumbent PBMs, 
then they'll want to work with us. We just have to build that up. And let me digress for a second because sure. most people don't know what we're talking about when we talk right. about pharmacy benefits manager. A lot of big companies hire these companies to manage their prescription benefit for their employees. And there's all kinds of dirty money flowing around with kickbacks yeah. and all the rest. And Rebates, the yeah. companies kind of look the other way and their employee gets stuck with higher costs because of it. No question. And, and that's why we sell direct to patient. So if you go to costplusdrugs.com, and like you said, there's just a little account form to fill out. You fill it out. If we carry the drug that you need, you'd have your doctor send the prescription to us. If we don't, just tell us what that drug is that you need, and we're doing everything possible. You know, we're getting thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of accounts, and we go through the drugs that we get the most requests for one by one and go down the list, and we go to the manufacturers and try to do a deal. So you keep saying going to manufacturers, but you originally were going to build your own manufacturing facility. Well, we still are. We still are. Okay. So that won't be ready until November, and we won't be able to make all drugs. So there's drugs that are generic that we're able to get all the formulas and all, all that for, we'll make, and use that to drive down our prices even lower. You know, we want to keep on pushing prices lower. We're not going to slowly but surely trickle prices up, you know. It truly is going to be transparent. You'll know our costs and you'll know it's cost plus 15, et cetera. But for some of those drugs, we can make them ourselves in Dallas. It's a fully robotics driven manufacturing plant that's being built right now. And for those we can't make, we'll go either to the manufacturer or the distributor of the drug. And it's, you know, if they're able to meet our price thresholds so that, like I said, we can be cheaper than the copay and, and cheaper than what patient can get them elsewhere, then we'll buy from them. So there's a stat that's quoted, and who knows how accurate it is, that a third of prescriptions are abandoned at the pharmacy counter when people yeah. find out how expensive they are. And some of those are the brand names that you can't do anything about because they're still under patent. But a lot of times it's one that's already past patent that's generic. generic yeah. And yeah. it just is so upsetting to me that people don't know that there are these lower-cost choices out there and that must be yep. part of your motivation is to get the word out. 100%, Clark, because what happens is the insurance form, you know, the PBM will negotiate a deal with the manufacturer of the brand name. And then in their deal with the insurance company, they won't even offer the generic. And so, you know, a patient will go to the pharmacy and say, look, this is what my doctor prescribed or this is what my insurance covers rather. And if, you know, they can't afford it, even with insurance, then they're out of luck. And if they don't have insurance, it's even worse. And so what we've said is, you know, if you don't have insurance, you pay the same price. If you do have insurance, we're probably going to be less than your copay. So why don't you use us anyways? And we're going to deliver it right to your door. So let's talk insulin for a minute, because insulin has been a flashpoint. It was in political campaigns back in 2020 and people have been doing these caravans to Canada to get more affordable right. insulin. Uh, people are going without their insulin and suffering severe health problems and insulin costs almost nothing to produce. How did yeah. we end up in a situation in the United States where we have these off patent medicines that we know how to make, they're cheap to make and yet there are players just playing with people's lives with things like insulin? Well, making insulin, it's off patent, but the original patent from 1903 is for a different, completely different type of insulin than what people take today. 
And so as a result, if we wanted to manufacture insulin, we have to go through this whole process. And I'm not the expert in the science behind it, but we have to effectively create our own insulin. And it's, it's a big, expensive process to do so. Now, that said, we've explored it. Others like Amazon have said they're doing the same thing to explore it in Civic RX. But we're able to talk to the manufacturers of insulin. And some of them are disappointed because they have low-cost insulin, but the insurance companies won't offer it. You know, they'll only offer them more expensive. So we're trying to work with the insulin manufacturers to carry insulin and sell it at our same cost plus. Now, how soon that happens or if it happens at all, we're going to keep on trying. But I, I don't have anything more to tell you than that other than, you know, we're trying to get them to respond to us and give us that opportunity. So healthcare in the United States is a broken marketplace. Mm-hmm. And I've had this bias and it's because the customer, the patient, isn't really the customer. You know, we have... Right private companies that provide like half of healthcare in the United States and the U.S. government for people who have insurance and state government provide much of the rest. How do you move the needle here in a market that is not a normal functioning free market? It's not a normal, it doesn't respond to normal capitalist signals, price points and right, price right. equality. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Clark. And it's also a complicated answer. Right. Because that's why we focused on drugs and medications first, because we kind of can control our own destiny as long as manufacturers and distributors are willing to sell to us at a legitimate price. And so far, we have over 200 drugs. We expect that to be past a thousand and hopefully as many as knock on wood, 2000 by year end. Um, a bunch of those we'll be able to make in Dallas. So that's that's part one. Beyond manufacturing medications, the same issues that have impacted drugs have impacted all other elements of healthcare. You know, you've got through the Affordable Care Act, they did a great job of trying to reduce the cost of insurance. But in some of the design, I think in hindsight, they would change it because there's this thing called a medical loss ratio that basically says that insurance companies have to spend 85% of their premiums on care. Well, that's great, but the problem is the higher the number the total care revenues are, the bigger the profits are from that 15%. And the same thing applies to the hospitals and the people who provide the care. The bigger the number that they're able to bring in, the more money they make. And so there's no aligned incentives to push the cost of patients down. And a big part of the reason for that is one, the administrivia that happens with insurance companies is insane. Insane. You know, there, 21% of healthcare costs pre-COVID are driven by administration costs, particularly in the hospitals. And that's because if you look at all the different insurance networks that are out there, there's a contract per hospital for each network. And there's different combinations and they renew them. And every time they renew them, it takes more administration people and customer support people just to deal with all the phone calls and hassles they go through. On top of that, everything's siloed. And so each... It's not shared data, and so you can't get the benefit of learning. There's just all these little instances. And, you know, it's funny. I, I worked with an um, economics company to do some research, and I started with a very simple proposition. I said, look, in Toronto and New York, hospitals have the same cost for real estate. Toronto real estate is probably even more expensive than New York. They pay the same to their doctors and their nurses. Band-Aids cost the same. Why is it that for the top 35 procedures, in Toronto hospitals, it's less than 
in most cases, less than Medicare pricing in the United States. And hospitals say they lose money on Medicare pricing in the United States. It shouldn't be that way. And when you dig in, there, there's multiple reasons. You know, in the United States, we basically try to make hospitals resorts. You know, in Canada, you can get a private room, but a typical room has two beds. Well, two beds instead of one in a hospital room makes a big difference in terms of cost and hopefully pricing. You know, there's things like um, malpractice insurance that in Canada will pay the malpractice insurance for a hospital. We don't do that in the United States. That's individualized by doctors for the most part. All bills are covered in Canada. They're not all covered in the United States. And that turns into a whole nother game where hospitals because they get certain tax-free or other um, advantages, they have to have certain community support that they offer. And they just jack up the pricing on that, you know, to make it look like they just spent zillions of dollars in their community when on a cost basis, it's negligible or relatively speaking. And so these are all examples of a lack of transparency that leads to complications. And those complications allow hospitals to jack up pricing. There's no good reason for a city like Dallas to have three, four, five advanced cardiac units, you know, or, or hospitals. But, you know, the only way a CEO of a hospital makes more money is to generate more revenue. And the only way you generate more revenue is to build more buildings and have more doctors and just try to take away market share from others. And so it's just not a well-organized industry that thinks in the best interest of its, its patients. So it's interesting what you just said, because in normal capitalist environments, which medicine is not, if you had a hospital doing the heart procedures and then you had another one doing heart procedures, that competition would probably lead to better heart procedures and potentially lower prices as they compete against each other. Well, yeah, and look, the quality of care is usually pretty good, right? So you do get that benefit from competition. The problem is when you have a heart attack, you ain't going to shop, <laughs> you know, when you're in an accident, you're not shopping for the cheapest emergency room. You know, you're getting it's like if you're hungry and you go to a convenience store and you're paying more for milk and bread, you know, you're hungry, right? You need food now. The baby's crying. The kids are screaming, whatever it may be. And so there are times when we don't get the chance to shop and healthcare is one of those. And healthcare is also built on trust. You know, once you have a doctor that you're used to working with, and that doctor goes to a particular hospital or goes to a particular clinic, whatever it may be, you want somebody that knows you because knowledge is key in getting the best possible results for your care, you know, and your wellness. And hospitals know that and and they take advantage of that. They just are not aligning with, you know, they do align, I give them credit, they do align with trying to give the best care, but they don't align in trying to give the best care at the best price. That is not their mission. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm really excited to get a chance to talk with Mark Cuban. So you mentioned the Canadian example, which is, uh, you know, each province in Canada runs its own separate thing, right. but it's a single-payer government thing. And I'm, you know, Except I'm Except for so, drugs. Not always, that's not always the case for drugs. But I'm always, you know, I'm always looking. What's the free market answer? What's the free market answer? Sure. I'm hearing from you, and you are really an ardent capitalist like I am, but... Am I hearing from you that if you were the emperor of the United States and you designed a health care system for the United States, you, you know where we are now, but you tried to move us in, the, in what you feel would be the right direction, you feel that, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, that it would yeah. have to be some form of single-payer kind of system? No, not at all. I think okay. it would have to be a hybrid. And so let, let's take a step back because it's a great conversation on what does capitalism mean. And, you know, capitalism, in my mind, means being able as an entrepreneur or investor to choose your own reward. And your own reward doesn't always have to be the most amount of money that you can possibly get. You know, like with costplusdrugs.com, you know, it's as pure a capitalism goal as you possibly can have. But my reward isn't making as much money as possible. To me, the reward is helping as many people as possible. And if you go into a healthcare industry, you would hope that's the way the investors and the entrepreneurs involved are geared towards. But look, if I was just starting out and I had an idea for a better hospital, I'd be trying to maximize income too. I'm not going to lie. Where I am in my life, I don't have to. My next, The marginal value of my next dollar is not going to change my life. So I'm in a little bit different position. But if I was the emperor of healthcare, I certainly would come up with a hybrid system because I believe that for people who are under a certain income level, you know, let's just say, you know, 200%, if you're making under $35,000 a year, and I'm just pulling that out. Yeah, I think your healthcare should be free. And I say that from a capitalistic perspective, because there's the cost of paying for your healthcare versus the cost to the government in terms of outlays to help you if you are not healthy, right? If we don't pay for your healthcare, it's just a business decision, right? It's a build versus buy decision that businesses make every single day. Do I want my tax dollars meant to be spent proactively or reactively? Because, you know, we see what happens when a population is not educated, it's not healthy. It always ends up costing us more. And, you know, and then you have the overhead of having to deal with it and you have, it just, it gets far more complex. Whereas power of the emperor I'd say, okay, let's do the research and let's find what that threshold is below which your healthcare is free and then we'll do a means tested value. So I pay full price. Clark plays mostly full price and depends on where your income is, you know, and you can still buy insurance. There's nothing wrong with buying insurance. And I would, I would not be opposed to say, look, if, uh, you know, we would put a cap on it for people not like me that's graduated. So like, you would never pay more than eight or 10% of your income, no matter how much money you make above that threshold where all your care is free. So if we set 35,000 a year to the threshold below which is free, and you make 40,000, there may be a cap of 2% on your income, but you have to pay that 2% in, 
right? Or we could say, well, you don't pay anything until you actually use the system. So that if you, you know, are in a wreck, God forbid, and you make 40,000 a year and it's $100,000 for your care, your payback is 2% a year for a maximum of 15 years and then that's wiped off. So there's a lot of ways to do with it, but it's still purely a business decision. This is not about keep the government out. This is USA Inc. needs to make some tough decisions like every entrepreneur and CEO needs to make about, okay, what's in the best interest of the population that I'm having to protect and support and enable. And just like, you know, I want my business to be run as cost effectively and as efficiently and productively as possible. I'd want the country to run the same way. And you cannot be dogmatic about the government can't touch anything. That just is not the best and most efficient and most productive decision. Well, you have taken on an area that is always a flashpoint with people, and that is the prescription drugs. And I think it's fantastic what you're doing here. And, you know, it's just a matter of over time, people learning they don't have to pay the price. They pay the CVS and Walgreens or to the PBM for drugs. And the shocking thing, and people don't know how CVS and Walgreens price, and they're so dominant that they take the theoretical price of the brand name, discount at 30%, and sell the generic at that 30% discount, even if it's a many thousands percent more. Well, it's even crazier than that, particularly for independent pharmacies. They don't know what the price is going to be until they scan it. And they don't even know if or how much money they'll make from that prescription fill until they scan it. It's insane. It is insane. And even worse, often the PBM, the the pharmacy benefit manager they work with, will charge them for fulfilling it. Not pay them, but charge them with the idea being they're going to buy milk and whatever else you happen to sell there. And this is just the price you pay for customer acquisition. And so, I mean, that obviously the PBM thing is broken. And yeah, for sure. There are a lot of people in the industry who say, oh, Mark's a bright guy, but he just doesn't get it. I mean, he's never going to be able to compete with these three gigantic PBMs and give consumers a better deal on their regular prescriptions through their company. What do you say to all these cynics who say that you've bitten off more than you can chew trying to compete with these huge organizations it's cvs well, sure. it united healthcare united, and yeah united yeah. and what's the and third one giant one. one i forget oh i forget but the answer is always the same when you run with the elephants there's the quick and the dead you know and so you have to be quick you have to be lean and mean and you have to be agile and that's exactly what we'll be you know and plus our mission is different when you read the transcripts of the quarterly earning conference calls for the shareholders you see they're trying to maximize their revenue per patient. You know, they're ra- maximizing their earnings per share, their earnings per patient. We're not, right? And so like Jeff Bezos says, their margin is my opportunity. And that's exactly what we're doing. So you're going to seize the inefficiencies in the marketplace. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to tell you that I have been, from the first paragraph I read about this last year, I have been so excited about this and i hope that you're more successful even than you and your partner the doctor's name again who Um, dr oshmyansky alex oshmyansky i mean this is really a fantastic thing because you're you're not trying to get the government to do it you're not trying to get government grants to do it 
you're doing this as a business that is plus 15%. It's not like you're trying to make no money. And I think it's absolutely a wonderful, true, in my sense of capitalism, it's perfect capitalism because you will not only be able to make money, you're going to serve a need in the marketplace at the same time. Yeah, of course. Yep. That's the goal. You know, and I encourage, please go to costplusdrugs.com on social media, whether, you know, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn at Cost Plus Drugs. We've only launched January 19th. So we're two months old. That's it. So we're only going to get bigger and bigger and better and better. We already have great customer base and it's growing exponentially. So, you know, come and join the fun and let us save you some money. Well, here's my final thought for you. Final question for you. What industries do you see in the United States that you look at? And if you had 48 hours in a day instead of 24, what industries do you see are the most ripe for disruption that you are the most interested in the future saying, I can fix this too. Healthcare, healthcare. So, cause it's so bastardized um, in all aspects of healthcare. There are some, you know, innovative companies on the technological side. There's some innovative companies on the free market side, but there really aren't fully transparent hospitals that have been tested yet. Fully transparent insurance companies that have been tested yet. And I don't know if I'll be able to get there, but that, that's where I would start. I love that. So of the entire system in the United States, the 20% of our GMP that's healthcare, that's where you want to stake your claim. Yeah, why not? (laughs) All right. And the economy, everybody asks me every single day, what's going to happen with inflation? I say, you know, it's going to take a while to work through having excess cash in the economy. Where do you see the U.S. economy going as we work through this awkward time of prices going up about eight tenths of a percent a month, potentially. Yeah, it really depends. You know, when you talk about inflation, you can't really use one number because everybody consumes differently and there's different types of products and there's different types of inflation. And so when interest rates are low, anything that's an appreciable asset is going to go up in value, right? Because there aren't a lot, you know, you're not going to put your money just in cash. So you, you see the price of housing going up and that's been going up for you know, since the start of the pandemic, it's been skyrocketing. And those people who own their homes benefit and those who own stocks benefit. And those who rent, it's a problem, right? And so as interest rates go up, that won't be solved, but it'll be minimized. But I do think it's worth looking at the impact of speculation on housing prices for individual homes. Apartments is a different deal because now for the first time ever, you're seeing people buying large groups of homes and not even using them to rent to people, but using them for Airbnb. So it's a little bit distorted there. So that's one. The second is what's happening with supply chains. So I know from all my Shark Tank companies, and I'm an investor in probably over 200 companies, and I get to read the reports and see everything. Supply chain, you know, before any type of money considerations has been a huge problem because, you know, People who needed to get their products couldn't get them on the boats that that would come over from Asia. So now they're having to pay for them via air shipping or just to get on the boat, they're having to pay two and three times as much. I think the capacity will grow and become more efficient. It's just, we saw this distortion during the pandemic because all the the shippers and all the transportation elements, they cut way back because everything stopped. And then when we saw the stimulus, and 
things did stop, all of a sudden everything was upside down. And so the demand outstripped the ability to manufacture and to ship, and that led to higher prices. There will be an equilibrium there, and that'll push pricing down. You're starting to see that some until China just went into this COVID lockdown, which kind of forced it back up. But things that are shipped from overseas, the percentage of whatever the pricing is, you'll see that go down. And then, you know, we're seeing distortion, obviously, with gas and oil because of everything that's happening with Russia and the Ukraine. And I think that'll go back down that hopefully this gets resolved sooner rather than later, which is a roundabout way of saying, I'm not one of the people who think that there's just too much money in the economy. I really don't. I'm really not. I really think in my experience from the different companies that the, you know, that money is creating the demand. And the problem is that companies aren't able to fulfill that demand. We can't get enough oil. We can't get enough product from overseas. You know, we can't ship enough fast enough, even from Amazon. It gets, it's late, right? People have extra, extra money. So they're speculating on more things. And maybe some people would say, well, the extra money is all the money that's pumped into the economy. But as interest rates go up some, I think that'll go down some. So I think the economy will be fine going forward. I think inflation will normalize to two or 3% within 24 months, but at a higher number, obviously, it's not going to go back. It's going to go from where we are today. So three years ago was 100 and today's 110. It'll be 112, right? Or 113 within two years in terms of an index. So that's a long-winded answer to say, I think it's challenging and painful right now, and nobody likes this, particularly people on limited means. But I do think the free market system will work out all the disconnections in supply and demand and the disequilibriums in supply and demand that we're facing right now. Well, Mark Cuban, wonderful to visit with you again. I hope that you sell millions and millions and millions Billions. of prescriptions every Billions. single day bring Thank those you. prices down take on the cvs and walgreens cartel at retail the pbms at wholesale and change the marketplace for people you know i'm going to try clark again i'll go to costplusdrugs.com sign up for an account tell us what drugs you need if we carry what you need have your doctor send us the prescription we'll get it turned around right away the whole system works. It's been amazing. Our customers love us. And thank you, Clark, for having me on again. It's, it's always a pleasure to come on with you. Absolutely. Have a great day. I really enjoyed visiting with Mark Cuban again. And I love that he has the guts to take on an industry that so many other people have basically thrown up their hands about and said, ah, well, that's not how he's going to play it. I want you to know I never want you to say, ah, well, about your wallet. I want you to empower yourself, get the knowledge to take more control in your life. And that's what we do for you every day at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com, helping you with your money and helping you save what you do spend. Have a great day.